93.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller here to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list, bottom of the hour, college football conversation, Big Ten, Big 12, excuse me, media days are going on. Uh, Bill Bender has been monitoring that. And uh, if you, uh, if you're interested, uh, there are plenty of links out there. Register has one. Big 12 uh, website has one uh, where you can watch the proceedings as they unfold uh, in well, Dallas, I guess, I guess Arlington to be technically correct, right? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we will hear from Bill Bender, talk college football with him, not just Big 12, uh, but we'll go around college football with Bill. One of his lists came out, top 25 quarterbacks in college football uh, for this upcoming season. And... Um, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. Uh, but Bill Bender, our first and only guest in hour number one. Hour number two, John Bowenkamp is going to join us. There was a Hawkeye media availability football-wise yesterday. So we will recap that with John Bowenkamp. And then we're going to head to Augusta, Augusta, to St. Andrews. Uh, we will talk with Matt Rudy uh, from um, Golf Digest. Look forward to catching up with Matt Rudy. He is at St. Andrews for the tournament that starts, well, this time tomorrow, We'll be, what, about 10 hours into it? Don't yeah. they put a tee in the ground like 12.30 our time? I think 12.45 is that opening group, if I remember correctly, that goes out. And, yeah, you can watch coverage. And if you're yeah. up late like me, I'll be able to watch the uh, beginning First of it. few holes of the tournament. You get up early, you'll be able to watch the middle. Yeah. And then we'll all be able to watch the end. Uh, I love it. I love this tournament for that reason. Well, I love it for a lot of reasons. But uh, the fact that it's on in the morning, it's over you know, early afternoon on uh, on Sunday. So the British Open coming up, we'll uh, talk a little bit about that, see what we're doing. Again, if you're, play, if you're betting on golf, there's only one place to bet on golf. It's Circa. Uh, Circa Sports has the best odds. Now, that's not across the board right. uh, by, by any means. In fact, I was looking around yesterday for some futures. Uh, in the NFL, as we put together our script for our media com show that we tape on on Wednesdays, and um, we're one of the, one of the uh, talking points in, in the show is going to be find a team in the AFC and NFC, not uh, not necessarily a favorite, but a, a team with some odds. And uh, I'm opening my app. I went to Circa first and foremost, and I, as I've been saying all year long, I really love this Chargers team. They're eleven to one. But you know what? I'll just take a peek over here at DraftKings, and they were fourteen to one. Then you clued me in because I like the Niners, and I was getting them at sixteen to one at DraftKings, and they're twenty to one at Circa. <laughs> yep. So look, you want to bet ten dollars? You want to win sixteen? You want to win twenty? <laughs> right? You want to you want to bet ten dollars? You want to win fourteen? You want to bet eleven or win eleven? It's um, it, it serves. How long does it take? A minute? All right. If right? that. It's and if well you're going to do something time. that it's going to be pending for the next six months, right? Yeah, you can uh, take that extra minute, and the difference between getting 140 bucks in your account and 200 dollars in your account—that's well, pretty significant Absolutely. for a minute of your time. I don't—I don't know many people that make 60 dollars a minute. No, 60 dollars an hour, sure. 60 dollars a minute. 
outside of some pro athletes, not a whole lot of those. Yeah, there's a bunch of those <laughs> making that per second for crying out loud. But you said it with golf. I, I've been looking up and down the odds. There's places it's now not even close. that has Rory at 8-1. to one. Mm-hmm. He's plus 11.75 right. at Circa. It is the lowest theoretical hold. And what that means is basically the pool of money and what it is with the odds, they keep the lowest percentage compared to anybody in the industry. The big guys, the big companies that I think we all know about, 30, 32, sometimes 33% is their theoretical Jeez. hold. It is a huge, huge hold that they keep on the golf odds. Circa, they keep it under 20%. Yeah. I, I think I saw, well, Metcalf had something I think the other day that they were hoping to get maybe down to 17%. That's wild. Is what they were hoping for for their hold. So that should maybe come out sometime this evening. If yeah, you that's usually when that he point. does that. Yep. Look, we do know that Circa's got some really smart betters because the betters have beaten Circa in the state of Iowa. That was the last three months or Third three out of the last consecutive four? months. Three straight months. Well, they're listening to me. I, that's what it's got to be. You know what, Trent? I never put two and two together. Well, another winning night last night. Did two you? and oh, yes. We keep piling up wins. We had a winning week last week. Yeah. We had out wins, what, three of the four days that I gave You're away picks? Four and one this week? Yeah, this is what we're looking for here. We're just adding up that bankroll, and boy, my bankroll is going to be juicy by the time we get out to Vegas in August. Oh, boy. Especially if I hit this week with the British, because I am heavily You've got invested. Some prices, do you? As you can imagine, I am very much into this golf tournament. Well, let, let's do a couple of minutes on, on baseball. I want to jump around a lot of areas to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Big 12 and Brett Yormark, who is hitting all of the high notes at his press conference today. Um, but it, as, as you would expect, right? I mean, obviously, this, is a guy, this isn't the first time he's in front, been in front of a crowd right. with a microphone in front of him. Uh, and um, th- there's a reason that he walked into that, I don't know, probably a virtual boardroom, the hiring process for the Big 12, or, or maybe they were together, um, with, with no experience in college football and knocked them on their you-know-what and said, we, can't, we, we cannot uh, leave, this, uh, leave this meeting without making him an offer. And that's what happened. I mean, he wowed them in this, and those people, uh, the other candidates for the job who've been in the industry for a long time, uh, they're left with either their current job or looking for their next one as they hired you, Mark. So we'll get into that at some point. Where I want to start with you, did it seem like yesterday in the in the first half of the double dip regarding the White Sox mm-hmm. that the, it's that maybe we've seen the beginning of the end with Tony Larusa? Now they bounced back last night um, with with, uh, with Cease on the mound. He was, he was terrific. Awesome, he was yeah. yeah, he was just unbelievable. Every time I flipped over, he was striking somebody. It out. It was incredible, Trent. It really was. He was so good last night. Um, but when you lose Steve Stone, yeah. and seemingly Tony Larusa lost Steve Stone and lost Ozzie Gian, uh-huh. who in the um, you know they cut to the they cut to the studio in the middle of a game, and Gian was um, he was talking about another manager. Basically, he's Tony Tony Russo's him without the resume type of thing. When you lo- lose those two guys. Stone, as loyal as you're going to find me, obviously he's not going to take shots uh, as a broadcaster. You know that that uh, uh, doesn't uh, pose uh, the best move if, as far as job security goes. And likewise, Ozzie Gian, who's doing the studio show. And this is a studio show that I'm assuming that they, you know, the home team gets the uh, right of the announcers. What's the disclaimer at the end of the broadcast? Something like that. They The right to the broadcasters, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Ozzie Gian. He pulled no punches, and good for him. Well, and Steve Stone, who is as professional as you're going to find. I mean, I I learned a lot about baseball listening to Steve Stone, watching those games on WGN with the, the goofiness of Harry Carey, mm-hmm. but the guy that actually 
kind of knew what was going on. Well, Steve Stone. And was it a 12-pack in? Absolutely. Let, let, let's be fair. He was very kind to Harry Carey. He absolutely because was. He, he carried him. Without a doubt. I mean, Harry carries Harry Carey, and as soon as he opens his mouth, that's what you're tuning in for a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? And then you can't wait till the seventh inning stretch, and uh, there you he is. You got the goofiness of yes, that. and absolutely. Made it fun. And he's a bud man. But it for, well, back then, two and a half hours. Uh-huh. Steve Stone was educating you on he baseball. Was, that's how, you, that's how I learned the game. Steve Stone more than everybody, because I didn't watch every Twins game. They weren't even on all the time. All it bad, was man. the Cubs. The Cubs were the one right. that I probably saw more often even. Certainly back then in my formative years. And because of that, I love Steve Stone. I I just think he is an incredible baseball mind. So if you missed it yesterday, comes up, Mm -hmm. Ramirez at the plate. Yep. Strike one. Fouls it away. Yep. And then that's enough. Now, there is one thing that could have happened here. They were going to do the old unintentional, intentional walk, see if Ramirez gets himself out Mm -hmm. basically. Pitcher left it over the plate and said, oh, the hell with this. Yeah. We're just going to put him on. Which I can Dangerous understand. Dangerous hitter. Yeah, there's no doubt. I well, can One guy on that lineup, that. you don't want to beat you. But a one. Yeah. You're ahead. You and don't this see is the it. second time he's done. What was it before? Yeah. A one-two pitch to Turner? Yeah. Walked him? And put him on. And I think that and one was... And then once he, he hit a home run after that. That one I thought was more egregious. At one-two. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a one and with Ramirez and what an open base there. And, and Jason Benetti asked Steve Stone, I mean, can you help me out with... I'm paraphrasing And here. Steve Stone said, quote... I can't. I have no idea. Right. That's what he said. Uh-huh. I have no idea. Like you said, you lose Steve Stone. As again, look, he runs hot. Yeah. <laughs> He's a character, too. Yeah. Much like Harry Carey. A different kind of character, but Would a character. Would they hire him? If, if indeed, Night. look, if we get to the all-star break and, and they've got how many more left with Cleveland tonight, tomorrow or tonight, and then four with the twins. What is four it? with the twins? Okay. That starts Thursday. So they play, they, they're in Cleveland tonight and then they play Minnesota. If they go, what's left? Five left. If they go one and four mm-hmm. and they limp into the all-star break, that would put them at 43 and 49. <sighs> I mean, still not out of it because the Twins aren't running away with it, and the Brewers did the Guardians and the White Sox fan a favor yesterday. Say they yesterday. get swept by the Twins. They well, lose they four. they get swept by the Twins. I, I th- and then all of a sudden you're looking up and you're, what, nine games back, something like mm-hmm. that. Then then, then maybe they do. And I didn't think they would. I, I thought LaRusso, mm-hmm. I just don't think you can fire this guy. Um, Hall of Fame manager, came back to lead this team. Yes, it hasn't gone well. Uh, particularly this year, but maybe Trent. I mean, maybe Stone and and Gian, uh being as vocal as they were, you just have to wonder. So if they get swept, hmm. so if they do, Ozzie Gian or Joe Madden? Oh, Ozzie Gian. Okay. Or Madden had success in the American League, not with the Angels, not with the Angels, but when he was in Tampa. With Tampa, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. call. Yeah, I was thinking. Angels, that wasn't very good at all. <laughs> no. Wednesday, he just got fired, you idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, he came from somewhere before Chicago. Right. And, yes, it was Tampa. You're right on that run. Uh, there is a couple of guys that at least are names that I would know. Miguel Cairo is the bench coach uh, for is the White he? Sox. So, yeah. younger guy, maybe somebody that would make sense. The Miguel sense. Cairo that was with the Cubs? Yep, that okay. one. He was with Rays for speaking was, of the Rays. He was downtown Des Moines for a while. <laughs> uh, Daryl Boston is their first base coach. Yeah. And Joe McEwing, who I've heard. Okay, Joe McEwing. That he's may- on a path to yep. probably be a manager someday. He's the third base coach. Okay. So those are three names that maybe would make sense that are on the current staff. But just throwing away around names because it's a real possibility. Here's the other thing. This team is so talented that the White Sox easily could win this one, 
win three out of four against the Twins or even sweep them, they're in first place. <laughs> and then these conversations, just like that, end. And we're saying, man, why didn't we just wait? You know, why, why did we use all this air? Well, because we have two hours during the summer right. months. Right. That's why. But and wh- it's not crazy to think of this way either. Because it is Tony LaRusso. Right. Now, some of the negative comments that were coming on from yesterday afternoon and I saw somebody posted signs of dementia and just different now, things. Are you like kidding that. me? Oh, Come yeah. on. I mean, they're, they're going that route uh, with Larusa. He's I not mean, taking his Prevagen? Right. <laughs> what a joke. I don't know how these people get away with advertising. It's on every Cubs game. I know I sound like a broken record about this. It really bothers you. It really does, Trent. And it'll bother you because when you get to my age because it's it's awful. You don't want to go through this. Yeah. Um, and it's it, there, there. There's no science that backs this up that it works. There's been no studies. There's been nothing. But nobody. There's not many people though, like you, that'll say, "Well, I'm going to actually investigate this." Right. But when I saw this it. commercial on TV, and every yeah. time I turn on this station, it's on. Just look, Google Prevagen. I'm not making it up. Anyways, that's not fair that they that they put oh, uh, yeah. that they tagged that. With it's them. Twitter, really though. it's yeah, a that's Twitter, sure. Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's I mean, it's not fair, but yeah. I understand yep. where it is. Uh, anyways, so I got to bring this up because I got to chuckle out of this. And, and did you see the Hawks signed a DB uh, from Florida, three star kid? Iowa did. Iowa. Yeah, I thought he's from Chicago. Is he from Chicago? Yeah, Khalil from, Tate. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he's from Chicago, but but he's a Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, did you see his statement that uh, where he's, you know, he thanked all the uh, schools for recruiting him and people for getting in there. And for the next three or four years, I'm going to be playing in Iowa City. <laughs> I love the kid's confidence right off the bat. Yes. Look, at, I'm not here for the whole time. <laughs> I'm not a four-year guy. Yeah. For the next three or four years, I just, this is a DB and you got to have a little swag uh-huh. to you. Um, watch me while you can because I'm going to the league. That's uh, the confidence that you like to see it. and beat Wisconsin and Purdue. We're among the finalists for yep. him. So beat the two teams that mm-hmm. have been your biggest problem. Right. You're two in of the them big for, well, Wisconsin. West. Yeah, that's a good point. Those are the two that you've struggled with here recently. Having this conversation uh, yesterday with a Hawkeye fan, and it has been domination against your rivals. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, six mm-hmm. in a row. Yep. Minnesota, P.J. Flack, never yep. got a win. Nebraska. And what you've done against Nebraska. It's not going to go in perpetuity. There's going to be a loss at some point. And I posed it this way. And I want to go to you. If I tell you right now, in each of those three matchups, the turnover margin is even. Mm-hmm. It's 0-0, zero, zero, it's 1-1, one, one, whatever. Mm-hmm. The turnover margin is even. What does Iowa do in those three games? What's Yeesh. their record? They don't win the turnover battle in any of them. They don't lose it either. Trent, that's been one of their calling cards. It absolutely has. And it's even in those three I games. I know you're going to be different than me. <laughs> and I almost cringe when I say it. I'm kind of back on the Petrus. No, oh, no, Ken. We talked about this. I know, this. and I said I wouldn't no, do it. No, 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 but no, no. But did you see the 70-yard pass at the I, Manning camp? I saw it. Did you see the defenders in his face? You didn't because they weren't there. Yeah, Did you he, see him with he scrambled on? out of his. He scrambled away from them. They they were flailing away, and he left them behind and and reared back and chucked the ball seventy yards in the air. A perfect strike. The dude looks great in shorts, doesn't he? He's got a cannon. He does, and he's not a very good quarterback. And he's had his struggles. He's had his struggles. So back to your original question: If they don't win the turnover battle against Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa State, what is their record? Two of those games are home: Nebraska mm-hmm. and Iowa State. The road games at Minnesota. Uh, 
I mean, it's hard to say, right? Look, look here's here's where I was wrong about the Cyhawk line. I think Hunter Decker's. That there, maybe there isn't even a drop off at the quarterback position. Well, look at you. Position. You're you're all in on Iowa, the state of Iowa quarterback. Maybe I got too much sleep last night because I'm in a great mood about our two in-state schools. Right? I am all in on these. Teams. Need to get you away from your app. You're gonna be firing on overs all over <laughs> yeah. the place. Well, you know I don't bet the locals, but I would be. That's a fair point. Um, one and two. That's I mean, Nebraska's going to get them one of these exactly. years. Last year, it was hair on fire. They needed a pump block uh-huh. to do it. year before that, a kick. Right, yeah. With the walk-off, basically, with, with Duncan. It just, they've had those kind of moments throughout the years that they've made the place. Minnesota a year ago. Minnesota outplayed them for long, long stretches. That was, that was an L on Phil Fleck. Mm-hmm. It was almost an L on Kirk Ferentz as he put a knee on it. Could have put the game away with the touchdown, but that's another conversation. He's, he's done that before. Yes, he has, and it's worked. <laughs> yeah, But the time that it doesn't, who it is going to get ugly. I said the same thing. If that happens in that realm, I put him at one and two. Mm-hmm. That's Now, here's the good news. You still have that defense. Yeah, you do. And that defense can force turnovers, uh-huh. and they're going to be flying yep. around. That linebacker core, that defensive line. defense will be better this year than it was last year, and they were good. And they were really good uh-huh. last year. I'm with you there. But I can't go down the road of Spencer Peters with you. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I maybe it's because I'm rooting for him and I'm a softy. Yeah, and just he's the, the arrows that this kid. He kind of reminds me, and I go back to it when message board when we first started now, right? Kyle McCann's a senior, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe the vitriol that's coming. These yeah. people on these on this what is this? It's called a chat. No, it's a message board, Ken, and the. Just the crap that was slung at him. And then, I mean, you got to get tough in this job, right? Maybe I wasn't there yet. But I kind of feel the same way about what's coming Petrus's way. Yeah. And I want to see him succeed in the worst way. Because, Trent, if he does, with that defense, oh, yes. look out below. Offensive line should be better. Even minus Linderbaum. You think those young guys are going to take a step forward? I, where they, what worries me is the special team. I mean, yeah. the, the, the field goal kicker in particular. Well, and Charlie Jones is gone. And Charlie Jones is gone. Now, I trust LeVar Woods a lot. He's done a lot with those special mm-hmm. teams. They've been excellent ever since You've he's been gone spoiled. There. I mean, I've yeah. had kickers for last, I don't know. They got a punter. Uh-huh, they do. And they'll find guys in the return game. Look, they, they had good return games before Charlie Jones, and they will after. That's not as big of a concern. But the kicker... I'm right there with you. It has been a long stretch. I mean, you remember Kading at yes. the beginning of his career. He, you know, Oof. he became Nate Kading. Became Nate Kading at Penn State. Oh, absolutely. In the four field goal mm-hmm. game, right? Twenty six, twenty three. Yep. As he knocked that one in, but early in his career, no, he struggled. We wasted a scholarship on a kicker, and not <laughs> yeah. only that, a, a local kicker that stinks. Yeah. Uh, that was the conversation, mm-hmm. and he turned into one of the best, if not the best, certainly in Iowa history. Yep. One of the best in the Big Ten. But when he got to the pros, you know what? It was not a, a bad weather when there was ever rain yeah. or a slick field. And he was one of the top NFL Without kickers. Without a doubt. But when you speak yep. of him, certainly nationally, people remember the two misses in the playoffs. Yeah. And that comes up in a big no, time. He was a great field. kicker. But back to Iowa in the here and now, you don't know, right? Mm-hmm, you don't. And, and we'll talk to all the beat guys, and they'll get an opportunity to see him at Kids Day and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. Is the Big Ten doing their circuit? The refs and the company, the tour I bus. Seen. I hope so. I hope so too. They didn't. 
do it last year. Well, did I they? think because of the pandemic, maybe right. or the the tail end of it. Right. I think that's the case. All right, let's go to uh, Dallas and, and, and your Mark, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the new Big t- uh, Twelve commissioner who was up on the stage. Bowlesby was there. Uh, the president of Baylor was also up there uh, with them. But look, your Mark hit all the high notes. He wants this to be the hippest conference uh, in college sports. Uh, his phone is ringing off the hook. They're in no hurry. They're just going to position themselves. I mean, think what what a difference a year makes, right? Um, that there are schools reaching out to him. You know who got the first media question at the at the uh, at Big Twelve Media Days? You know who the moderator came to first? Barry Trammell. No. What? No. I was glad Chris to see Chris Williams. It. No, but you're getting closer. Jared Stansberry. Yes. No. Randy Peterson. Okay. <laughs> Randy Peterson. I got the first question he asked about the four corner schools. So, I mean, he's not going to come out and say, he's not going to tell us what's going on, mm-hmm. but apparently that they are, um, they are getting lots of inquiries as to about what their league is going to look like in the future. This is what your Mark said, quote, we're exploring all options and we're open for business. I love it. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. Nothing is imminent, unquote. Mm-hmm. Good way to put it. It was. Look, again, this guy's polished, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't have the college sports experience, but you can get him in a boardroom and he can wow you. Hopefully he'll get in a boardroom with some TV execs and, and uh, wow them to the extent that they write uh, pull out their checkbook or their contract and add an extra whatever that number is going to be. Um, as we you know, hope, fingers crossed, that the third in the pecking order becomes what the Big 12 looks like going forward. I've heard more and more buzz about what you mentioned last week with Andy Staples and telling the Big 12 to go out there, give Oregon and Washington mm-hmm. a free pass. Tell them, give us 18 months, you're good. Because without that, the way that I see it is Washington and Oregon, they want to keep the Pac-10 remaining together and then have the opportunity to flee if the Big 10 calls. Right. The Big 12 looks at it and says... Obviously, the four-corner schools make the most sense geographically and everything else with the way they're comprised. So it's the Big 12 saying, we make this formation, which would turn into 18 if you had those six schools, the four-corner schools plus Oregon and Washington, mm-hmm. or the Pac-10 remaining together. Maybe you go out, bring in Gonzaga basketball only, do a couple other things, San Diego State, you know, we've talked about mm-hmm. kind of the realm. But it comes down to one thing. What did the TV exactly think? Right. It's as simple yep. as that. It's the most simple equation with all these conversations is ultimately where do they see the power? And I mentioned it yesterday, more and more that I've seen ESPN, they have to stay viable on, on the, the West, West Coast. Coast. Sure. And because of that, I believe their hope, ESPN, and they're pulling a lot of these strings. Pac-10 stays together. They want to keep it together. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they, they, they've lost the bell cow, right? They've mm-hmm. lost Los Angeles. Fox owns that now. Yes. They completely own it. Oh, it's fascinating to see. I saw a media report out. today, by the way. We've talked about a billion dollars a year in TV revenue. North of that. One point, and then it was like 1.1. 1. 1. I saw a report today. 1.25 is a realistic number. 1.25 billion dollars per year right for the big ten. divided up equally amongst the schools do and i shouldn't say that do we know if the us i mean usc's got to get an equal share for them to come in the first place right they're bringing right. the la market right absolutely i would guess that was a part yeah, of it yeah this isn't a rutgers maryland right. deal where we're giving us or nebraska even nebraska yes. they didn't yeah. get paid right off the uh off the jump so yeah if, if you're if you're one of those two california schools you have got to be in as a, as a full-fledged member money wise right off the bat at that so you got 16 member schools plus mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. one share also stays with the Big Ten office. That's another part of it. So divided 17 just ways. expanded, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah. They bought up a, a, a building. No, they, 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 shared, they shared their office space with a... Was it a fog de chow? Was that how you say that? That Brazilian steakhouse? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And they were in the same building as them, and they bought it out. They bought them out so they can expand. Not too bad, right? Right. It's good to be the Big Ten. $73.5 million a year just in TV revenue. Oh, wow. If that plays out at one, per year. Just Unreal. Unthinkable. Unthinkable. It really is. Here's another thing that has bothered me more and more. We continue to hear about... Well, you know, if you don't have that TV revenue, you're going to have to cut sports. You have to cut sports. I know scholarships are more expensive. Feeding the athletes is more expensive. Yep, that part for sure. How were they able to do it in the 60s and <laughs> 70s and 80s? They found a way. And 90s and the aughts. Yeah. How were they able to do it back then? And they can't do it now. And they can't do it now. With more money than ever. I know. Boy, that bothers me. Got to you. Got to play that card, though, Trent. You got to make it because uh, they need those donations coming in as much money as we're making. We got to keep those donations coming in. Well, speaking of making money, we love to make you a thousand dollars. Give that opportunity right now. Time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, a pop-up box will appear. You can enter this nationwide contest simply by entering bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bills at KXNO.com. Speaking of bills, we've got one. He's going to join us next. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNL. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Brett Yormark apparently uh, has come out and said that he's uh, not against Texas and OU leaving early. Just have to make it sure it's in the best interest of the Big 12. So we will see where that goes. We could be in the uh, final uh, school year of Oklahoma and Texas being part of this conference. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's been following what's been going on in Dallas. Uh, Bill, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, your takeaways from uh, watching uh, Brett Yormark, uh, Bob Bowlesby and company uh, meet the media in Dallas at Big 12 Media Days this morning. Um, you know, obviously, he's the open for business line and the Big 12 and, and was asked a lot about Pac-12, a lot of deflection. But, I mean, he is just settling into the job. I think he used the word uh, nationalize and contemporize and trying to make the Big 12 hip and cool. And yeah. you know, that'll be his challenge because the SEC and the Big 10, they have all the hammers. So how do you make the conference hip and cool? That, that'll be one of his first challenges. And, of course, the realignment question continues. He said open for business, and he is ready to go, taking phone calls. Where are we as you see it today, Bill? I know you know a lot of people. You talk to a lot of people inside the business. Is it the holding pattern that it seems like, or could there still be some more news this summer? Well, I think we're in a holding pattern now, and you saw that the SEC is content for the minute. The 
ACC is content. Uh, the Big Ten, I don't anticipate when I go over to Indianapolis here in a few weeks that there'll be anything new. Um, you know, it was one big move that shakes things up, and I think this is how it's going to happen incrementally. But, you know, we talked about this last week that it's on Notre Dame, basically. Yep. It's on Notre Dame's timetable now because I think once Notre Dame makes a move or doesn't make a move, then everything else will kind of fall into place around it. And if they do make that move, Bill, there's a lot of chatter that uh, it wouldn't be Oregon or Washington that would come with Notre Dame necessarily. Both schools obviously want to. I mean, who doesn't want to, right? Um, It would be Stanford that's a more realistic addition uh, if indeed there's Notre Dame and one ad from the Pac-12 that Stanford seems to be getting a lot of love. Does that make sense to you? Uh, for the Big Ten, sure. I mean, because of the academic part of it. Yeah. And it, whether or not they're bringing them in, that they, they like having at minimum the window dressing of that to say, hey, we added a academic school. And Stanford is all of that. And they've got a great Olympic sports program. And they're obviously a historic rival with Notre Dame yep. and, and USC mm-hmm. and, and UCLA to some extent. So, I think that wouldn't be the worst move in the world, but you have to wonder. I mean, not that the Stanford-Cal game is huge, but, I mean, would they consider Cal as well? I don't think they were, they really want Cal as much as they would want Stanford. No, I don't I don't think so either. So speaking of, let's stay there. Uh, we, we saw that apparently there may be some litigation, <laughs> surprise, surprise, right, uh, in the near future coming uh, from the, uh, the California University, what do they call it, the system? The Cal, uh, Cal, Cal University system, that's not the right term, but you get my drift. Uh, pursuant to, you know, UCLA, we didn't give you this thumbs up, the regents didn't, to just leave our conference and go with USC. What, is, what does that do, Bill? I mean, it, it, if you're a fan of, uh, of a team in the Pac-12 that's trying to keep this together, is there any hope that litigation prevents UCLA from joining the Big Ten? Um, you know, I don't know that that'll happen. Uh, it could. I mean, certainly when you get in the courtroom and those kind of things happen, all bets are off. But I, I think, you know, this move is done and UCLA will be in the Big Ten. And, um, you know, as a natural partner to USC, it just makes sense. But certainly this is what happens when in a hurry, so to speak. So you would have thought that that would have been in line when they made the move. Big 12 football on the football field this year is your. Continuing through your previews, how do you see the Big 12 shaking out? It looks as to be maybe as open as a conference as we can remember. Oklahoma seemingly always such a huge favorite coming into the year. How do you see the Big 12 this season? It's wild that Baylor won the conference last year and they had the fourth best odds to win the conference. <laughs> um, Texas, 5-7 and seven last year, and, and that's typically with betters, though. People like to bet on mm-hmm. Texas. So I, I do like Oklahoma's value with Dylan Gabriel, quarterback, with Brent Venables taking over the program. Uh, he's obviously, there's a lot. I think people are underestimating the familiarity he has with that place already. Um, so I think they're going to be really good. I, Oklahoma State will be in the mix. It could be, you know, they're talking about it on the Longhorn Network right now, which it's a good excuse to have that on. But <laughs> um, this could be the league that's, maybe the most competitive in terms of how many teams can actually win it. You could go, go all the way down to Kansas State 
Mm-hmm. And I think if the th- things broke right for the Wildcats, they could actually win that conference. Adrian Martinez stays healthy. I mean, we we know he's uh, he's got some tools, uh, but but health's always been a question with him. Speaking of quarterbacks, Bill, you released your top twenty five uh, quarterbacks in college football. How uh, how much consternation did the one and two Stroud, who went uh, is two on your list, Young, who is one, two really gifted quarterbacks? How close was it to uh, you coming up with a joint one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not much consternation, Ken, just because I'm going to be. I think we're going to be doing this for a couple of years where um, through the regular season, who's a better quarterback, probably into the college football playoff and the Heisman race, who's the better quarterback and all the way up to which one of these guys should be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Right. So we, we had a little bit of a split on it because I, our, my editor and, a, and one of our content editors also voted on that. And um, you know, one of the three voted for Stroud one. And mm-hmm. the other two, I think I, I voted for young one. For me, it's just, it's hard not to, he won the Heisman. He was the best player in the country last year. And, and I'm going to make Stroud knock him off. Makes sense. And and Stroud, boy, he's got that opportunity. And, and with Jigbo coming back and everything else, <laughs> they, they lose two Ugh. big ones and they're still going to be in really good shape. Bill, Big 12, is there a contender for the playoff? And, and overall, how many teams can make the college football playoff this year? It feels like that number dwindles year after year. Hmm. Yeah, I put that article out this week. I, I had a number right around 13. 13 or so teams could make the playoff, and I only had four, and, and I haven't been wrong when I've done this each year. I've only had four teams that I think can win it all, yeah. and it's Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson, and then I was getting some pushback on Clemson. Yeah. So... You know, and maybe Notre Dame and A&M are the fringe national title contenders. But out of the Big 12, I think, I said with that wide-open race, Oklahoma and Baylor could feel like they could make the playoff. Texas could make the playoff, but they would have to you know, basically go undefeated after losing to Alabama. You know, And that's, nobody's expecting them to beat Alabama. If they beat Alabama, yeah, we can write all the Texas backstories you want. Who's uh, who's this year's since? I'm not saying they're going to get in, but who's this year's Cincinnati that you know? Maybe we're talking about uh, beginning through the month of October, and when we get to that first Tuesday night in November, just to see where the highest ranked Group of Five school is, and see if there's you know a, a team that you know can elbow their way into the uh, into the playoff. Is there a Cincinnati this year? Maybe Houston, maybe Coastal. Coastal Carolina. Coastal's got a quarterback. Yeah, they've got the quarterback, and that, and teams that have the quarterback like that, I end up trusting. Um, Grayson McCall's back. He's incredibly efficient. He's a great playmaker. They score a ton of points. Houston, they've got their quarterback, too, and Clayton Toon. Team that beat Auburn in the bowl game last year. Mm-hmm. Team that's hung with Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati could still be that team, but they have to beat Arkansas in the opener, and that's not going to be easy mm-hmm. knowing that they lost nine guys to the NFL. So we're going to see what kind of depth recruiting that Luke Fickle has created. USC still two years left to the Pac-12. They got Caleb Williams. They got Lincoln Riley. And now they have an unhappy wide receiver, according to a report out there yesterday, Jordan Addison, who transferred from Pittsburgh, an outstanding wide receiver. That NIL money that he was expecting, apparently not there. Fill us in a little bit more, Bill, of what's happening here. And, well, maybe uh, one of those cautious tales Maybe it isn't always as good as you think out there in the transfer market. Uh, this is part of that where you know, guys are. That's something that Lane Kiffin has mentioned repeatedly, yep. and others that if we're going to do this, they've got to be get what they've promised. 
and that's part of the guardrails that these guys are talking about with if if you're going to uh have these things in place then you the guardrails need to be in place to protect the student athletes so they don't do bad deals and yeah i read that story there's not many specifics with right. it but um you know i think on the field jordan addison's still going to be a guy that you know he, he gives caleb williams a go-to they've got one of the best skill position units in the country now with mario williams and travis die on top of that so usc is going to be super exciting they're going to score a ton of points you just wonder how uh how much depth they have in the trenches that they could keep up. You mentioned Lane Kiffin. Uh, does he have a quarterback this year? I know you've got Dart uh, in, in the upper teens. I mean, Matt Corral was such a star there. He was unbelievable watching him play and a tough kid uh, as well. But it, but is, uh, whoever plays there, do we label them maybe unfairly a system quarterback? Uh, how, how far can Ole Miss go and, and how big of a drop-off from Corral uh, to Dart, who's now the incumbent? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, obviously, they lost Jeff Levy, too, the offensive coordinator that goes to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Lane Kiffin's offense, it's been quarterback-friendly since he returned to Florida Atlantic. Um, so I think Jackson Dart's a guy that was didn't get a ton of plays last year but has shown some flashes, and I think he'll do well in that offense. They, It just depends on how a lot of these guys, they got a lot of transfers coming, too, how those guys click together. I want to go back to Clemson for a moment with you, talking about their chances of winning a national championship. They went 10-3 last year. I mean, it's the disaster that was last year for Clemson football, they still went 10-3. and If they get back to that realm, national championship contender good, though, is it with DJ Ugalele or is it Kale Kublik? Comes in right away, the young man from Texas, he takes the job and he puts them on that level again. Yeah, you know, that's, that's going to be the big question. I think... They obviously have a lot of talent on the defensive side. I mean, you're going to see that on our whole American team here in a week or so. That yeah, they they've got dudes on that side of the ball, and they're they're going to stop people. They had a top ten defense last year, but they need Yuangalele or Klubnik to come through. They 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 do. They need those guys to be. They need Yuangalele to be better. And if he's not, Dabo's done this before. He'll pull the trigger and put Klubnik in there. That's a Highly talented freshman with a five-star ranking and all those things that not on the level of Trevor Lawrence, but still pretty good. Uh, two quarterbacks made the top 25 from the Big Ten. Am I seeing this right? We had Stroud and O'Connell, right? O'Connell, yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, Aiden O'Connell's a guy. I like him. Put up big, yeah, so do I. I'd probably have him, in retrospect, you look at that list, I'd probably have him a little low because I know that he's able – put up the numbers and I know you know you look at the back half of his season it was it was darn good so I think he's a guy that could certainly have some more success in that offense how far would you have to go before you got to Spencer Petrus 26 (laughs) 200 (laughs) come on now I think he he's a guy that's going to win some games too but there there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks like that in the Big Ten like Petrus like Tanner Morgan's been there forever Mm -hmm. um you know, what do you do with a guy like Cade McNamara, even? That yeah. we, you know, he won the Big Ten Championship. Right. But yeah. People are still clamoring for J.J. McCarthy to start. So I, it's it's not – Sean Clifford's another one, guys. He's been at Penn State forever. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, Bill, um – I have a guilty pleasure in college football. We all do. We bring we bring it up. Mine is Kentucky. If there's a, if there's not a uh, an upcoming Iowa or Iowa State opponent or one of them not playing, if and I can find my cats, I'm going to watch them. And I don't know why, but I just always have liked Kentucky. 
they got a quarterback. This leave it. He's a good player, um, and I think he's got a chance to play at the next level as well. Might the drop off because um, Mark Stoops lost some guys to the NFL. Might Kentucky maybe not take the step back that most are predicting? No, they got Levis. They've got some interesting pieces on offense. I still think they're capable of. Uh being the second-best team in the SEC East. I don't know that they can catch Georgia, but I don't know if anybody in that right. division can. So, um, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee, that's going to be what I'm watching, and Florida, for that matter, with Billy Napier. I mean, which one of those three programs mm-hmm. kind of establishes itself as the, the team that's really going to put itself in a position to chase Georgia? And, and I would even rub South Carolina in there. I, Shane Beamer's done some good things there in a short time, and they've talented the quarterback and Spencer Rattler now. One final thing, I'm coming full circle back to the Big 12, and that is the team that we never talk about because they've been a laughingstock, the Kansas Jayhawks. Are they finally on the right path? They have gone through a lot of coaches. Ken and I think they are. Do you think that this Kansas team, look, they're not going to win a championship anytime soon, but Lance Leopold coming in and what he has done just in one year, is this finally the right guy? I mean, as long as they keep him around, they'll get better. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you've seen the track record in D3, and I watched Whitewater for years because mm-hmm. I follow Mount Union. And, I mean, you know they're going to play each other every year when, when they were playing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's – what is back, though? I mean, I don't know that they'll get back to an Orange Bowl like Mangino got them to, but I think they could be competitive in this conference, especially when Oklahoma and Texas move. If they keep Leopold around, they'll be in position to compete. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, great stuff. The list is up. Uh, You've got a bunch of uh, content, as one would expect, as we inch our way uh, to the college football season. Bill, thank you very much. We'll uh, reach out to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Hey, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, as we catch up with our buddy uh, talking a little college football with Bill. (laughs) How far do you have to go for Petrus? Seriously, how far? I don't know. I said 26. Is that that, my too optimistic? Seriously. I don't... Top 75? Yes. Top 65. Keep going. 50? Yeah, there you go. There you go. If that's the case, I was going to be really good. They're going to be really good. If he is a top 50 Uh quarterback this year. Top 50. That's what we're talking about. That's all it takes. all you need. I will win the Big Ten West. If he... Yes. If he's a top 50 quarterback. With that defense. That is 2,400 yards. Uh Uh-huh. 20 touchdowns and He's trusting seven himself to, th- to, to, th- to use that big arm because he does have one. And completes 61% of his passes. If he does that. It's going to be really good. I was 10 to 2. Yep. If he does what I inspect, they're 7 and 5. Right. And if he does do that, that earns them the right to uh, head to Indianapolis on the first Saturday in December and meet Ohio State for the second time. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh that's right. They play early yeah. in the year this year. Miller and Con, take a timeout. If you missed it, the keyword. Uh, this hour was Bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Bills, KXNO.com. We've got another one coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Meadows. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Did you see the uh, horse that was... Disqualified at Prairie Meadows for having meth in its system. Yeah, I need more on that story. I just saw it come across Twitter, and that's all. Well, I mean, that I this saw. isn't necessarily a. Per- this happens all across. Sadly, it does. Okay. Um, and he, I mean, it's not that they're injecting the horse with meth. The the uh, thought process behind it is 
is one of the horse's handlers. Mm-hmm. They call him the groom. Um, probably, sadly, has a meth habit. Oh, okay. And maybe had some on his fingers. And mm-hmm. when he's you know mixing his feed or putting his tongue tie on mm-hmm. or his bridle in his mouth or whatever, had something. The groom had it on his hand. And the horse ingested it that that uh, in that manner, and then after after a race, whoever every horse that wins, usually the top two, are sent to what they call the test barn, mm-hmm. where they are they required to stay there until they pee in a cup. Okay, and um, it's on a long stick, and the, and the veterinarian, <laughs> the state veterinarian, you know, puts it under and and catches it, uh, the urine, and then it's sent for analysis at Iowa State. And I mean, some of the testing is is so incredibly advanced that you can have the equivalent of a granular that would fit on the tip of a pin, mm-hmm. and the test comes back positive. So that's how that wow. that's how that. See, I, I read it and I just assumed it was something that it was to improve the racehorse. Sure, no, it, it, was, um, it, was, it was... There's other ways element. to do that. Sure. Don't need meth. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I have no idea how we're going to segue from that yeah. to the San Francisco 49ers, but here we are. Uh, so why are you gravitating towards the Niners? Why are you zeroing in on the Niners with your futures? I, I have as well, to mm-hmm. be honest, uh, but I was kind of surprised to hear you say that. It was a team that I identified last year. I really liked them. Two NFC Championship games in the last three years, mm-hmm. and... I'm a believer that Trey Lance is going to ultimately be the guy. Upgrade I, from Grappolo. I think so. And as good as Jimmy G was at times, uh-huh. we saw how limited, obviously, he was last year at the end of the year with that shoulder injury. But all it's going to take, and as training camps start here in just what, a week at a couple of places, somebody's going to blow out a leg. There, there's going to be an injury, and all of a sudden, somebody's going to need a quarterback. And now the Baker's in Carolina. Right. Who's the guy that would make the most sense? It's Jimmy G. And I think ultimately, he's going to leave. That's going to open it up for too. Trey Lance. And he is going to be a guy that's going to be good and mm-hmm. add another element. Plus, that defense is so good. No, they are, and they've, they've got some dudes on offense, too. I mean, good special uh, teams. Debo Samuel, and uh, uh, that tight end's not bad. <laughs> he can play a little bit, can he? can play a little. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, a pretty good receiver in his own right. And I think they're well coached. Yeah. I'm a Shanahan guy. Yep. I think they're 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 to pain in the you know what, and it's tough. I Do you like the Rams to get back? No. I don't either. But I just don't like the NFC as a whole. After you get through, all right, Dallas is going to win the East. Yeah, Packers, Packers are going to win the North. North. All right, yeah. that's easy. Yeah. Tampa's going to win the South. Probably. That's another free square. And if you like San Francisco and the Rams to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. who else even like to make the playoffs? Are you buying the Philly buzz? Because there's been more no. and more buzz building. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, I, I, I think, and, and maybe this is wishful thinking, the Vikings? Yeah. I think they get one of the cards. And we uh, we looked a week or two ago. They have the yes-no proposition at Circa to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just yes or no, well, they make the playoffs. Every team. And for the Vikings, it was even odds on both sides. The yes was minus 110. The no was minus 110. And that's how I see it. it it's The Vikings feel like an ultimate coin flip team to me. Zimmer's gone. Yep. New regime. Offensive quarterback. New front office. Offensive coach, rather. Cousins will put up stats, but... Dalvin Cook's going to do more than carry the football. They're going to use him out of the backfield. The secondary's aging. I get it. That's a, I like their defensive front. Thielen will have a bounce back year, and all of a sudden, along with Jefferson... Mm-hmm. It was as good as there is in the game. If I had to make a bet on that one, I would be with you. I think the Vikings are in? one of the seven playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Who else? New Orleans? No. Jameis? No. Well... 
You don't like Philly? I bet Carolina over their total. I'm not, I don't yeah. think they're a playoff team. Their six and a half was their total. Um, Washington, they no. made the playoffs two years yeah, ago. I can't, I can't had the down year. Mm-hmm. Not going to go there. Well, you got to get seven in the playoffs. But so maybe You're not going to have a five-team bracket. So maybe bracket it is head. the Eagles. Maybe it is the Eagles. Maybe it's the Eagles. There's not a dark horse that's caught your eye. Do the Cardinals get get in? Do three teams that, out of the West? That's another one. You know they'll be five and one or five and two. For sure, at some point. <laughs> and then the wheels will call them. It just... That's the way that it has continued to go for them, and that's another one. Until you see a change there, it's hard to imagine they're not going to part. I've bet one team from the NFC to win the Super Bowl, and, and that's and that's the Niners. The Niners. I, I think the AFC has clearly got this thing surrounded, surrounded this year. So wide open. I mean, look at the quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, well, the quarterbacks are unbelievable in the AFC. The co- young ones, coupled with the division that you like, the AFC West. Oh my gosh! To win that division, here's the current odds. The Chiefs plus 160, Chargers 2 to 1, Broncos plus 320, and the Raiders plus 740. Am I crazy to be willing to take a shot at the Raiders at plus no, 740? You know, one of these years, uh, they got a day. Um, I'm not sure. If McBlunder, is he going to get the job done? He, he had to have learned. The, yes. the lessons, uh, because he was a, he was an unmitigated disaster. He, he wasn't failed. that bad. I mean, he ran Jay Cutler out of town the first week for crying out loud. Oh, yeah, because he turned into a Hall of Famer. Well, he just had the wrong bunch of uh, supporting cast. In Denver, he would have been in Canton. Well, maybe not. No. Hour number two coming up next. John Bowen can't kicks it off. Matt Rudy from St. Andrews. Miller and Condon, 